Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza. I am here with Matt Harmon. Brett Rader is producing us. Brilliantly, as always, our fearless leader who's posing so masculinely Woo! right now. I got a Diet Coke. I'm ready to go. What? Diet Coke, not Diet Dr. Pepper. Yo, the cafeteria has some crazy Diet Coke combinations. They got the what? Coca-Cola freestyle machine. I have never seen anything like it. It is too much for my basic Tom girl brain to handle. I I just got the sparkling water and walked away. Yeah, I, I just drink the water. I, don't yeah, drink- I know, I know. Hashtag fit life. We got it. Yeah, well... Cool. Anyway, you know who's not living the fit life right now? Oh. Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's trying. He was hopping like a little Robin Redbreast over the field. You actually that, hate to see it. I mean, you, you really hate to see that. That yes. second part. But he's going to be out four to eight weeks. Well, it all depends on which insider you look at. That's true. There's a little insider heat between Rappaport and Schefter. But the good news is there is no surgery needed. The bad news is it is a high ankle sprain and those tend to linger. So if he is out eight weeks, you are not going to see him until week 11. The Giants have a week 10 bye. And here's the funnest part. He's going to be greeted back, assuming that that's the week he returns, by the Bears defense at Soldier Field. Yeah. Sick. I mean, I've already had people ask me, like, should I trade this, this, then this for Saquon Barkley? I'm like, why do you want to do that to yourself, man? You want to burn a hole in your roster for, I would. A horrible schedule and a possible setback. Yeah, and and also just you're burning that hole in your roster for four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Like, you don't want that. And no assurance that when he comes back, it's going to be great. No, I mean, yeah, you have no idea what it's going to look like. You have no idea um, how you don't have a firm timeline. You know, like, what if this just takes forever? God, I looked up the giant schedule and I got the damn baseball giants. Please help me, Internet. Okay, I'm going to say more things while Matt deals (laughs) with the Internet. Um, So it's Wayne Gallman time. Get excited. He was added in a whopping 70% of Yahoo leagues because we all thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk Wayne Gallman. He's not a particularly spectacular athlete. He was a fourth-round pick out of Clemson in the 2017 draft. He is not creative, but he is hardworking. I will I don't hard, he's I, a grinder. Yes. I don't mind that. Like if you work hard and you're not you try to make up for the lack of talent with with the uh effort, then great. But in terms of um I wrote down here he's a... He's kind of a get what's blocked banger. Yep. The good news is the Giants actually do have a really good offensive line this year, which is which is a new is new. It's it is a new it's a new a new new piece of information. Well, is their line is better 
But I think some of the numbers might be um, inflated because Saquon is that good. That's true. But, I mean, they are 10th in adjusted line yards right now. Oh, well, look at you, 10th in adjusted line yards. Which is a run-blocking measurement that tries to isolate run-blocking from what the running back gets or whatever. They're actually number one coming out of week two. So they've been really— Look who prepped for the pod. They've been really good this year. I mean, no, this one was easy. All Um, right. His upcoming schedule, though, if we're talking about Gallman's, is Washington. So that's exploitable this week. Love it. Then versus— Minnesota, yikes, at New England versus Arizona, fine, at Detroit, solid. So of those four, though, of the first four, there's only like two exploitable matchups for yeah. a guy who is not by, by no means Saquon Barkley. That people are blowing like 80% of their waiver yeah. budgets on out there. Which so is... like for reference against Washington, who we agree is exploitable, he is the Yahoo consensus RB21. Seems fair. And like that's probably the best you're hoping for out of a guy like Wayne Gallman. So maybe, maybe if he goes out and has a big week, like falls a couple times in the end. Damn, I said fall in the end. Though. I hate that. If he goes and he scores two touchdowns or something this week, puts up a decent line. Maybe you go out and you trade him uh, for right after that, like based on that hype for someone that you actually trust a little more. The point I was going to make on Saquon Barkley when I was looking up the schedule, what, what people are excited about is that the fact that he has in week 15 and 16, he has the Dolphins in Washington. Which is obviously quite juicy. If, but there's so much if there. Yeah, like, I don't like playing that game. I hate that because I'm like, you don't, you might not make the freaking championship in week 16, you overconfident you jackass. You don't know what happens to teams between now and then. Well, either. I don't think anything's going to happen to the Dolphins. It's something to make them a stout run defense. That's fair. <laughs> we should probably talk about Melvin Gordon, another running back that people, if you were drafting at least before August, were yeah. drafting in the top five. He ended his holdout today, but he will not play <laughs> against the aforementioned Miami Dolphins this Sunday. He is expected back week five versus Denver. Um, I'm going to actually throw this to you because you have been all over the Yahoo, the site and the social channels the for Yahoo talking about Austin Eckler and giving your take, which I agree with, but since you have already given it and probably can do so more succinctly than I. Yeah, so I think that obviously Melvin Gordon's going to come back and, you know, Anthony Lynn says he's going to get the top spot on the depth chart. We, we don't expect anything different than that. But the reason I'm not panicking about Austin Eckler is, well, for actually for a lot of different reasons. Number one, I don't see any reason for them to take him out of the primary pass catching and scoring zone work because he's crushed it in those two areas. He has six plus catches in every single game and he scored three total touchdowns inside the 10 yard line. Remember back to Melvin Gordon's rookie year when he was like an early down banger and Danny Woodhead held the, like he had, Melvin had the stone worst role for fantasy, which is between the 20s and I'm not catching passes. Mm -hmm. And Danny Woodhead was like a top five PPR running back because he scored touchdowns and caught passes. I'm not going to say that Eckler's going to hold that role specifically, but I think that he could have something like that, which would make him still a fantasy starter. And also, I know people hate this line of logic because it's just who really knows what the team is thinking. But Austin Eckler is still going to be a part of the 2020 Chargers. You know, he's going to be on a cheap contract. Melvin Gordon is not going to be, you know, if if he doesn't get, if he still wants to hit free agency with his contract demands, you know, that's great. This is not going to happen in LA. They've shown that. So I don't see why the Chargers would suddenly just remove Eckler completely from the game plan and be like, we're going to ride Melvin Gordon into the dirt until we have to send him, you know, send him on his way at the end of the season. Well, why wouldn't they? Because Why not get all the value you can knowing that he's not going to return? Because I think that if they wanted to do that, 
I, I would just seem, I mean, maybe. I mean, they've They're, been again, brutal to him, right? They've been right. like, nope, we're not, we don't care. We have, um, you can end your holdout. Thanks for coming back. Now we're going to use you because, and now we're mad. But I think that, I mean, that's, to, see, this is why it's like nebulous analysis. But right. at the same time, it's also like, they were, I mean, from Philip Rivers on down, everyone said, hey, we're fine if Melvin Gord stays away because we have good backs here otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. it would seem counterintuitive to... Why not save Austin then? Why not? But it's, why risk it's, it's, getting hurt? This is a small window for this team, right? Like, they're already showing the thin margin for error they have because they keep having players getting hurt. They have clearly defined weaknesses on the roster. And if... I don't think they can afford to say, hey, we're going to try this again in 2020. Like, they have an old quarterback. They have sure. a, a flawed roster that I think they want to try to get to a championship this year so they would save gordon until the potential postseason i just don't the theoretical think postseason. i just don't think that they're going to look at it in any way of like we need to save gordon for this we need to save eckler for that i think it's just we need our good players on the field we'll be a better team with melvin gordon on the field no doubt about it but we'll still be a very good team if we also have austin eckler mixing in and eckler's a guy who's been a part of the committee anyways i mean even before this year you know he's not just like a total yeah. unknown he was a guy who Averaged over 10 yards per catch, averaged over five yards per carry in both of his two years. So I think they really like what they get out of Eckler. And I I just think, like, obviously he's not going to have running back one appeal like he did the first three weeks and what he probably will have when he goes out and uh, curb stops the Dolphins this weekend. But I do think that, you know, he'll still hold that passing down scoring area work. And for that reason, that's still going to make I mean, those are the money touches in fantasy. I don't really care if, if Melvin Gordon comes in and takes in a bunch of work between the 20s. It just doesn't really matter as much. Also, I think we can agree that Gordon is going to be eased back in, so he'll have Denver in week five, but I wouldn't imagine the fullest workload that he could even potentially have regardless of this argument. Right. That's, yeah, that's the thing, too, you know? right? I mean, he's not in, He's not going to be in, quote-unquote, football shape. No, he won't. I, don't, I mean, it won't be until, like, week seven or eight that I think we can see how he's actually going to be used. Yeah. Um, and week eight is uh, at Chicago, so good luck there. I do want to talk about Justin Jackson, though, because if people still have him and haven't dropped him yet and had a knee-jerk reaction upon the Gordon returning news, this is a fantastic week to have him. Let's not forget, even though it's not showing up in the box score, he has had a touchdown called back in back-to-back efforts, um, and his snap percentage has grown every week. It's yep. not huge. It's still, you know, it's like 37%, so it's not great, but... He, he, Miami has given up six touchdowns total to the running back position, four on the ground, two via the air. And it's also worth noting that in week three, Jackson converted all four of his targets, his highest number of looks um, against Houston. Um, So I think that he is going to, for at least right now, be a sneaky play because it's it's such a juicy matchup. Um, And then after this week, you know see what kind of value he has yeah he's also he's also good right i mean like, he's super good i i think he would have more value but as you mentioned eckler's getting all of the passing work yeah and this is a team that honestly i don't know what type of team they're really going to be going forward because like their defense has been okay not as good as no, we thought it's under it's underperformed yeah right like, like this defense should be thought. a much better defense casey hayward's also like banged up right now yeah and their pass rushers haven't been nope great and their offensive line is a huge problem uh so i think yeah they haven't really been able to establish the run with with jackson either but he has 9.5 8.4 and 5.2 yards per carry in both of in his three games this year so i think that's type of the that's maybe the type of role a little bit more than that that you're looking at with melvin eckler after gordon comes back yeah yeah well i think no i think this is the role you're looking at with like melvin gordon is like I think he's going to get a lot of that between the 20 looks and then So wait, how many how many touches per week do you think Gordon will see? 
10 carries and, and, and three. 12, 13. 12 to 13. Total. So yeah, like 10, total. 10 yep. carries and three catches. You had about it right. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say. And I, then I don't I th- think so. I think you're wrong. You think it's more? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it's totally possible. Yeah. I think. Watch we'll see what happens when the game start. I mean, <laughs> guess so. <laughs> hey, I know you, I know Matt, you in particular love tight end talk. It's like one of your favorite things. Hell yeah. Nothing I love better than a good old tight end position. Yeah. Nick Vanette. He's the tight end in Seattle, or he was. He was. You don't know. He's a former third-round pick. He's traded to Pittsburgh. So when I saw this news, I was like, oh, my gosh, my sweet baby Vance McDonald is not right after that shoulder injury that brought him out of, what, I think the first half of last week's game. He was seen with his arm in a sling earlier in the week. But then reports today said that, you know, he's probably going to play. So maybe... And I can't stop. A couple of things you've said continue to ring in my brain, but one of Sorry. those, yeah, is um, Vance McDonald. It's always Vance McDonald season. Yeah. And this, I was like, oh, it is always Vance McDonald season. And I think the Steelers also have heard that from you, probably. Totally. Um, I mean, I know AB like liked to tweet once, so maybe it's residually <sighs> still there or still not, a part of not the quite franchise. the story, but that's fine. Um. So I think they know it's always Vance McDonald season, and so they're adding some insurance. I do think if Vance McDonald plays, like the Bengals got trucked last week by Dawson Knox, trucked. Yeah, and um, but that, that was after getting completely dominated in all facets by the 49ers a week before. Sure. So my 49ers, yeah. some would say. <laughs> so the matchup is great for McDonald if he plays. I have him assuming health, down for four receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the more important thing about this. Vanette trade is Brett. I'm sorry. Is it hot in here? Like, is it? No. I'm really hot. Okay. Is it? Um. I, I, thought, I, I think it's Will Disley fever. Oh, I think that's why I'm oh burning my up. God. <laughs> I've been old. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking. I was like, you know, she just said it was cold. Like that's before we started. You're like we're complaining about how cold it is. Oh, I was just feeling oh. a little. I'm schwitzing here. It's so not Minshew mania, but it is Disley oh, fever, old. baby. Sure, a little knee soreness kept him out of doing what he was meant to do in We're week one. We're going to have to go to the DMV because we have to transfer the ownership of me from no one to you. Now you own me. <laughs> My condolences. Anyway, I I am warming to the big guy from Big Sky. How about that? You're crushing this entire <laughs> segment. Um, he's the standalone, and he's at Arizona this week, and I cannot yeah. take it. Give me six receptions for 69 nice yards nice, and a touchdown. Nice. I think you could go over that. I sure, mean, I'm being conservative with my thing. With it's, it would just, oh, you got to hit like, that 69 mark. Also, I don't want anything <laughs> to combust because of the heat. Right, right. Fair point. I think, obviously, huge news for Disley, who has played well. Like That's your guy. <laughs> And by the way, you know that Will Disley is such an unknown. I do this segment for like this DFS unboxing segment. And I've seen it. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Still waiting to catch on. Comes out on social media and the website on Fridays. Anyways, but catch on like how? Uh, just, I catch its rhythm. You know, do things a few times. It's like let's. There are ways you can get better. Like you need reps, just like Mason Rudolph. That's the theory. <laughs> I, mean. I don't know. Mason Rudolph needs a lot more than reps. That's what people are saying. That's the excuse that people are giving him. Do you know that? Like that? I've like listened to some talk radio, and they're like, "He just needs reps." And I was like, "No." What do you listen to the talk radio that. for 
Talk podcasts? I don't talk know. Talk about podcasts. Talk <laughs> podcasts as opposed to all the ASMR podcasts out there. That was probably exist, actually. Anyways, point. What the hell was I talking about? Oh, okay. Unboxing. Will Disley, like, he's such an unknown that there's only, like, one gif of him, and he looks like an absolute, like, mountain yes, human. Yes, And he just, like, he's given just thumbs up. and He the, rides horses. The, and definitely, like, cattles. Things. Our our, our favorite video producer was like, "Are you sure this is it's Ravi? Yeah, are you sure this is a right person? There's only one gift. Like that's what an unknown we're talking about here with Will Disley. So like you're you're getting a you're getting a huge uh, getting a huge steal here if you picked him up based on Liz's advice like three weeks ago in the preseason. Yeah, well, yeah, I liked him a lot. I mean, I mean this is I why you're a peach picking specialist. I try I now. Try. <laughs> on Pittsburgh, though, I think that there's a couple ways to look at this too, right? Like. I think that it could be about Vance McDonald injury. It could be about, you know, just the fact that it's always Vance season, but it's actually never Vance season. I mean, it was in week two. Yeah. He got a couple pop gun passes from. That's uh, all he needs. From old, old Mason there. He uses a slot receiver. Like, that's his job. Yeah. Old Mason. Get out of here. (laughs) Old Mason Rudolph. Um, I think also it could be that the team wants to play more uh, two tight end sets. You know, like Xavier Grimble, like he pops up for a, a, a thing every now and again, but maybe they just like Nick Vanette's ability as a blocker. Their offensive line has been problematic. James Conner's been the Steelers are oh the, they suck they suck they're this so like bad. Mike Munchak is like ha ha, ha. look at yeah. what I'm like, I mean amazing. he's in Denver, so like that O line that might be the only good thing that and yeah I guess that's a I fair mean, point. Come on, <laughs> still yeah zero. James Conner like. He's going down. When someone sneezes around him. I was going to say something else, but thanks for saving me from the bleep. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Also, like, the team did move Juju Smith-Schuster, like, back into the slot last week because they are like, oh, he can't play outside. Like, let's get Deontay Johnson. I mean, like, why was he not paying attention? Why why weren't they paying attention to Fickner to your uh, success What's rate? That sh- <laughs> reception perception. No, no, no. I was trying to do Success the Success rate versus coverage. C V. What now, what are we doing here? S R V C. There you go. Boom. No one's called it that for like three years. Thanks for I'm reading. Vintage. Thanks for reading. That's I've been a fan of yours since back then. How about oh, that? How about that's that? Great. I love it. Um now. <laughs> are the Steelers actually gonna be good against the Bengals? That's the question. Because they're a terrible defense. Yo, if they're not. That's kind of amazing. Ship them off to sea. Everybody in Cincinnati is going to have themselves a day. The barbecue is going to be sold out. Yeah. I mean, the chili will be flowing. And you know what else flows after chip? Ooh, clean up. Clean up. (laughs) Matt, you were making a point about Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson is really interesting. I mean, he runs 25 routes last week. Uh, That was third most on the team. He makes a big play. Uh, And against this Bengals secondary, he's a guy that I think – I think he's worth adding right now because I think there's a chance that he could be the best separator on the team. You know, in a peak situation, I think he's like Steelers Emmanuel Sanders, you know, like not Broncos Emmanuel Sanders, but like Steelers Emmanuel Sanders, where he would pop up for big games every now and again. He's nothing special, like resume wise, but I thought he was a nice little route runner in college. Well, they need someone to catch touchdowns and thrive on the outside because Dante Moncrief, as I have lived through, Ain't cutting it. So he's lost his job. She might get cut. Actually, I put on my um, Instagram stories, is it Deontay Johnson season? And people were like, no, 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 it's James Washington time. And I was like, I don't I don't think so. It is worth noting that uh, Jason Barrett pottied all the way down Narrative Street uh, last week because 
James Washington looked like he was about to haul in a nice deep look from Mason Rudolph, and then old Jason Barrett just gave him the hook and brought it all down and brought Narrative Street to a, a tumble. For those of you looking for, like, if you don't have enough wide receiver three. If you don't have enough <laughs> useless wide receivers that you're going to debate starting every week. And then ask us about which ones And to then start. we pick the wrong ones, inevitably. That's the worst when you get, like, three clear wide receiver threes, and it's just, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson, I don't think he's going to change your fantasy season, but he certainly could be... Uh, he certainly could be a guy that, you know, he helps you out every now and again. If this offense clicks, like you saying that people just say Mason Rudolph needs more reps. I don't know. I, I think this off. I don't even know. It's gonna be tough for them. The Steelers are in an awful, awful spot, right? Because they have to evaluate Mason Rudolph this year, but they have a horrible offense with, within to evaluate him. And, and if he flops and then if the team flops around him, they're going to have like a top 10 pick. But oh, wait, they won't have it. Oh, the draft situation is horrible for them. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Horrible, horrible. Deontay Johnson's only owned in 5% of Yahoo leagues. And I, spoiler alert, may be talking him up in my fantasy damage segment on FFL 90 minutes before kickoff this Sunday. And I need to change my fantasy freebies section now, apparently. <laughs> and we're not going to change anything else because Dalton Del Don is going to come on this show in a little bit and save it. As promised, Dalton Del... Dalton, I have missed... I should say your whole name. Hold on. As promised, Dalton Del Don is joining us on the show. Dalton, I have to admit, I have not seen enough of you. I have barely seen you at all, not since we went to Vegas in July. I missed you, bud. I miss you too, Liz. It's been far too long since I've been here on the pod of scheduling conflicts and whatnot. Not only did I miss you, Liz, but also fellow 49er fan, Matt Harmon, too. <laughs> well so, great to be here. But you miss me more. Yeah, right? great to be here, guys. You missed me more, right? Right, yes. Thanks. I mean, oh, Dalton. Yes, of course. That goes without saying, Liz. Yeah. We go way yeah. back, Harmon. Come on. Dalton. Ah, no, no. I'm, I'm not stepping on that. I just want to talk about our 49ers oh, sure. for a second. I mean, I thought that we'd be like, you know, we. I thought that we'd be a, like, interesting offensive team but i've been pleasantly surprised with what a badass defense this team kind of has right now yeah i claim to go from a bottom five front you know front seven there to a top top five and that front four really is getting after it i mean buckner's finally not getting all the defensive attention in the middle it's yep it's i mean obviously they got to clean up some sloppiness but i mean crazy first game they won since like 1998 committing five turnovers just yeah, something to be definitely get get encouraged right now. For what sure. are you bros going to do to commiserate while the 49ers are on by? What a what a wonderful team to talk about for our listeners right now. It's kind of a relief, actually, yeah, to, right. be, to be honest, uh. like, you know, because now I don't even have to worry about what my favorite team is going to do this week. You know, like I know they already they're going to stay undefeated. I know my team will and, be undefeated coming out of week four. Don't know you as confident. Or are you a little more worried? No, I'm pretty confident about yeah. coming out of the the bye, uh, not the- losing. But you know what else too? Their next their next game is uh, as a Monday nighters too. So I you know I have to stay at home and watch all the games on Sunday. So I actually get to go watch them beat up on the Browns. So I'm excited to actually get to see them in person when they next suit up. Hell yeah! I can't wait for them to uh, take down the league's most overrated player per Rex Ryan. Wow. Okay, so let's get to uh, teams and players that are actually playing in in Week Four. Um, if we must. Dalton, you wrote a rather prescient article back on August 6th heading into this season about a little strategy you like to employ called zero, not RB, but wait for it, wide receiver. So why don't you tell our listeners, since you did author this article, what exactly that means and how you employ it? Because I do think it is bearing out quite lovely uh, this season. 
Lovely. Yeah, nothing super crazy, just that I was uh, an advocate of going running back heavy early, even if it was your fourth, four straight running backs, even your first bench spot. I said, just load up on the position. And I kind of related it to fantasy baseball, where I liked targeting starting pitchers in the middle rounds. And that's where these, these middle tier wide receivers, I just thought, screamed value guys like MVS, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, uh, a few a few Moncriefs in there as well. And, uh, you know, so far, I th- I'd say that strategy has been has been fine. And we'll talk about the weird top 10 in the wide receiver position. I think it's been good. I think I'd argue it's been well, went well. But as I point out in the article, the most important thing above any strategy is picking the right players. And uh, I've been hit and miss there. You know, I loved Nick Chubb in the first round earlier than most. I have a lot of Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, Devonta Freeman, a few Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry sprinkled in. But, you know, you really just got to get the right players is, is ultimately the right answer. That's an excellent point. But so I, let's talk about these top 10 because, for instance, Terry McLaurin, right? He is selling out every week. Rookie out of Ohio State. The biggest story. I mean, this guy was a, a guy who was supposed to be great on special teams, and yet he is making plays week after week, not with his former teammate Dwayne Haskins, but with Case Keenum. You have him ranked within your top 10 this week at the New York Giants. So there's a player that I think fits into this strategy that probably went undrafted, frankly, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, see, again, talking about, I went after all the rookie running backs on my team, the mm-hmm. Damian Harris, the Hendersons, and I miss all these rookie receivers is where you needed to get them. I mean, there's Metcalf, Hardman, Marquise Brown, and McLaurin is the real deal, man. I'm I'm treating him as a surefire starter, weekly starter. I love the matchup this week. We'll get more into that in depth later, that game specifically. But you look the, at the air yards, the target share, the whopper, all the stats just scream this being an absolute legit start maybe unlike the next guy in the list John Ross right below him wide receiver nine that might be a bit more fluky getting it in garbage time but McLaurin yeah this rookie uh, I don't I don't believe I have him anywhere and it's to my detriment he just looks like the real deal two things I want really want to know who in Washington's organization dropped that hey we thought like Terry McLaurin was just a special teamer to Booger because he hammered that which by the way Booger's the stone worst so bad he so he hammered that point on Monday Night Football and I really want to know like which which person in Washington's brass told him, oh, well, we thought the 76th overall pick was just going to be a special teamer. But nevertheless, can't you guys like let me just throw this out here about Terry McLaurin. Can't you guys just perfectly see because fantasy football just, you know, this is what happens. The first three weeks, Terry McLaurin goes out and scores a touchdown, you know, totally beasts. Then he plays the Giants and just throws up an absolute dud in like a perfect matchup. Can't you just see that just being one of those things? And oh, by the way. Late injury ad. Late injury ad. Got a late hamstring injury ad. (laughs) It's happening, folks. So I think you're what you might be gleaning there is that Danny Dimes has given this entire team such a spark that now Janoris Jenkins plays football instead of giving up three touchdowns, admittedly to Mike Evans. Oh no, I'm I'm not (laughs) saying it's it's anything other than just hope is poison. Sure. Yeah. If that were the case, though, if you want an even even deeper dive, Paul Richardson who has been a sleeper dart throw plenty of times, uh, has scored in back-to-back weeks here. So if McLaurin is out, I still think Paul Richardson might be a really cheap minimum. Oh, man, totally. I want to talk more about that game later for this reason. Yeah, Paul well, Richardson, go do I liked it. Even go be- talk about the damn even game. Before, even before this McLaurin injury, I really liked uh, Richardson. I mean, DeAndre yes. Baker's literally allowed the most fantasy points per route this season. Both these teams are top five in pace. They're both bottom five in DVOA defense. <laughs> so sneaky high total. I mean, I... 
I really think that game could be a shootout. So yeah, Paul Richardson, but Matt is totally right. It does never goes the way it's supposed to go. In fact, they often just spits in your face and laughs when you think it's going to. So McLaurin's now going to be the guy who probably does disappoint. But man, all <laughs> signs point to him being being real, and this week sets up for another monster performance if he is healthy, though. But that's definitely something to follow, that injury. Late injury reports, late in the week, hate that. Dalton's right. That game's up from a 46.5 point total to a 49 pointer. Look so. at you tracking lines, Matt Harmon. This is a nice page here with all these colors. It makes it easy. Dig it. What are your thoughts? I know Matt's um, thoughts on Sammy Watkins, him not being consistent. What are your thoughts, though, on Sammy Watkins this week in particular, Dalton? Oh, Sammy Watkins made me look so dumb. He's a guy I wanted. I probably had him ranked lowest in the industry at wide receiver to start the year. And I said, avoid him. And he looks not only so good did he look in week one, but obviously losing Tyreek Hill helped him long term. The targets have been nice, but I think he's just going to continue to disappoint the people that expected him to be that. Well, obviously, like he has been since then. A little bit erratic, obviously not the greatest route runner. Um, harm him no far better than me in that area. But um, I, you love the situation, but it sounds like Tyreek Hill is coming back pretty soon. So if you're going to sell him, that window is probably too late. But man, he's already been such a profit because you know, where fantasy owners got him and is he's been, what, the number three fantasy wide receiver so far? Yeah, I mean, he's been number three fantasy receiver, and he only has 11 for 113 yeah. after his week one explosion. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want, we don't need to do that. I told you so thing enough here on this podcast about Sammy Watkins after week one, but uh, I mean, we did kind of tell you that. What about talking about DJ Chark? There, who I adore. Who I did not see coming at all. I didn't see him coming. He has scored in three games straight. This is another one that plays into Dalton's zero wide receiver strategy. He's the wide receiver six so far on the season, but he is at Denver this week. And Chris Harris is a pretty good cornerback, right? In fact, last week in the off your game segment of Fantasy Football Live, I mentioned Devontae Adams because I had so much belief in Chris Harris. And in fact, Harris held him to like 56 yards, something like that, out of the end zone. He's been a beast all season. DJ Chark is likely to draw Chris Harris's coverage. So is all lost? No, no, because as we've mentioned plenty of times, the Denver Broncos have yet to create a sack. Now, if we are following Matt Harmon's theory of hope is poison, this is, of course, the week that things start to turn around for the Denver Broncos. But if it doesn't and Gardner Minshew continues to keep this offense high-flying-ish or at least more flying than it ever has been in, in most recent years, then Chris Connolly, I think, is much more of a play and someone that I am particularly interested in. He will be covered by former AAF standout Devontae Bosby, who uh, took over for Yidium, Yidium, Isaac Yidium? I mean, always good. Isaac Yadam. Yadam. Okay. He took over for Isaac Yadam because Yadam was so bad last week that Fangio was like, get out of here. But... I will take Chris Connolly over Bosby any day. Not any day. They're probably both journeymen, but whatever. I like Connolly more, and he has been doing nice downfield things, even if he's not seeing the targets or doesn't have quite the chemistry that um Yeah, I, I was wrong about D.D. Westbrook. I liked oh, him. Oh, get out aggressively. of here with that aggressively ranked him uh I guess I could partially blame the quarterback injury but one thing I will I, I did say I did like Shark as a deep sleeper and ended up him as a late round flyer and a few nice. to counter that thankfully but uh Conley I like your reasoning here with Chris Harris shutting out the uh, shutting down the others and uh, Minshew you got to like his ability to move around there man what a fun player and on and off the field so far so I like Conley as a deep sleeper I'm using it myself in a NFFC big money league so I hope nice right. oh so am I are we in the same one I don't believe so. Okay. Um, are there any other of these kind of 
Oh, John Ross, do you do you believe are you believing or do you think it's fluky Dalton? Just real quick. Little flukier than the others, for sure. Like, like the garbage time long one. But man, I mean, the guy had the pedigree, one of the fast, fastest 40 of all time, top 10 pick or whatever. So I mean, you got to like him if you if you have him. I mean, I bid on him in one for 40% of my budget and I'm happy. But play mm. more of a matchups guy. Obviously, AJ Green is going to come back and that's going to hurt him too. Since we're talking about wide receivers, we have to mention T.Y. Hilton because he does have this quad injury. He hasn't practiced yet this week, but he's not a player who necessarily needs to practice. It wouldn't be surpri- it wouldn't surprise me if he's a game time decision on Sunday. Maybe or something on Saturday, but I think then you're lucky. So, behind TY Hilton though, you got a lot of mess. There's nothing that you really want to believe in here, but let's say you're banged and you have to. I'm going to put you guys to it. You've got Deion Kane, who played the most um, in week three at 56% of the snaps. But that was also the same game that Zach Pascal saw the most targets and got the touchdown. And that was weird because the week before it was it was Paris Campbell who got the score. Right. So like we thought that it was going to be a Paris Campbell situation. Who of these three receivers would you if you had to roll with? everyone's jumping to answer this question uh oh man i mean god if you're really in a spot like this that's it tough. happens to people this is not no no an unimaginable I, thing i get it um yeah i mean pascal runs the fewest routes of all these guys i think that's kind Ooh. of a, ch- a chasey one um I chester think- rogers is still in the mix any love for him? We should mention his name. No, no, of course no, not. no no i mean i think <clears throat> if you're going with these guys maybe you go with one of the tight ends and then they're split too. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're taking as big of a risk there, but Doyle runs Ebron's more routes, seen more targets uh, yeah. behind Ebron is second in team targets behind T. Y. Hilton. I think maybe you chase Ebron there in that situation. Just ignore these wide receivers. I think I'd go with Campbell because he's the most versatile. He he did a lot of gadgety stuff in college, and he has had the most red zone looks. He's only owned in four percent of leagues. So if I'm just going to go for the like who I think could score the touchdown, to me it's Paris Campbell. I don't feel great about it at all, though. Um, Dalton, which one would you throw a dart at? I, I like Deion Kane, the player, the best right now. But Campbell plays a slot the most, and that matches up best this week. So I'd give me him if I'm forced to choose that game. But I, I'd say go pick up Devin Smith or Randall Cobb oh. or Travis Benjamin if Mike Williams is out or aforementioned Paul Richardson. There's some other deep, deeper wide receivers out there, too. But, uh, yeah, they just spread it around so much outside of T.Y. Hilton. Dalton, let's, we're going to look at matchups now. You mentioned Washington at New York. You've already talked about Richardson and McLaurin. Is there any other part of this game that you want to touch on before we move to Matt's matchup? Yeah, real quick. I mean, I have, I have uh, Daniel Jones, a top 10 QB this week. Gallman, a top 15 running back. Shepard, borderline top 20. Ingram, I mean, the question now is he the number one, not is he number two, because it's clear Mm. he's the number two. I I think it'd be a second round fantasy pick of a draft held today. And uh, so basically, I have everyone ranked aggressively. We talked about the Washington two, a couple receivers there. And the biggest thing, obviously, I'm sure Danny Dimes has been talked about enough, but I'd love to see his follow up because, you know, he did most of his damage last week when pressured. And the clean pocket stats typically are the stickier. So I'm just really, I love it. I hope he's the real deal. And again, I, I ranked him aggressively and I'm rolling with him in a couple fantasy leagues. Love the running ability for fantasy. But curious to see if the real life, if he's the real deal. Matt, do you want to go ahead and talk about your matchup now? Yeah, the game I'm most looking forward to watching or tracking is Cleveland at Baltimore. The Browns are bad. Like they're they're not a good team right now because for for a lot of different reasons but i think the number one thing coming out of and Liz you and i were talking about this a little bit before the we got started recording here i think right now it is so so clear that freddie kitchens has too much on his plate and you know it's funny because i think this question just wasn't talked about enough but 
with all that was going on with the Browns, I think the one question that, that people just didn't talk about enough was we know a lot about Freddie Kitchens as a play caller. Freddie Kitchens as a play caller is aggressive. Uh, we love it. We love a lot of the decisions he makes, the personnel that he works with. But Freddie Kitchens, the head coach, we l- knew literally 0.0 about. Like that was a big jump. And then he's bringing on Todd Monken to 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 work with the offense or be the offensive coordinator, but not call the plays. So he's still going to keep play calling duties. Oh, by the way, this offense has a very clear defined weakness, which is the offensive line. And it's starting to take its toll on the quarterback already. And the quarterback is not playing it up to standard. So you have a lot of problems going on and you have a head coach that has two his responsibilities two all over the place. It's his first time doing it. It's a lot to take on. It's very clear to me like the Browns and especially Freddie Kitchens have to kind of take a look in the mirror right now and be like, okay, what can we do to salvage this season quickly? Cause we're sitting here at one and two and the, our only win is over a hapless Jets team. And we still made too many mistakes there. So they're a team right now that I think you have to adjust a lot of expectations for until things, until you literally see a change happen. And then, of course, going into Baltimore, I don't think makes it any easier. The Ravens' defense has been pretty good so far, of course, except when you play Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's good when you play mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. And then the offense is having that Browns-type season, like that breakout-type season that we all would have thought would have come from Cleveland. So it's very. I think this game is going to we'll, – we'll know a lot about both teams coming out of it, especially like the Ravens are coming off a week where you know they lost to Mahomes. Lamar had a slower game. Um, does he come out with another bounce back performance? We should also mention that the secondary is still banged up. The Brown secondary is still banged yes. up. So that would lead to um, Lamar having much more of a bounce back than he did last week, at least. Right. One would hope. And their offensive line. Like the thing, the thing about Cleveland, like the Rams tried to give him that game several times. The Rams tried to give them that game late. I mean, Goff hasn't played well in what feels like forever. Um, or Since ha- that Philadelphia game last week or last year. Is the the game we lost to Philadelphia? I th- was that before or after the Chiefs game? That was after the Chiefs game. Yeah, I mean, even th- even then, a couple games that. Yeah, I just that was a game I was I had the fever for. He's been a he's Real been a, a he's been a net neutral asset at sure. best so far, and a net and a net negative at worst. Well, I dig that you're talking about the Rams because the game that I want to talk to uh, talk about is Tampa Bay at the Rams. I didn't see this one coming. I don't know if you did, Dalton, but. Forget Shaquille Barrett. He should be named Sack Barrett because he's been an absolute beast since the season started. He's managed seven sacks over his last two games. The Rams offensive line has been not good, not nearly as good as they need to be. Jared Goff has been laid out five times over the last two weeks. Um, I just don't understand, frankly, the line on this game is 50. It's the second highest line of the of the week, according to Vegas. I'm going to hammer the under on this one. There are so, I mean, Aqib Tlaib is playing out of his mind. The Rams have yet to give up a score to a wide receiver at all this season. They've allowed under 400 total yards to to wide receivers. I just, you know, I don't don't think Goff's going to be able to get the ball out. I don't think there's going to be enough um, production for all three of these Rams receivers to eat. We know that everyone's worried about Todd Gurley, and I think for good reason now, and I don't understand what's happening on the uh, Tampa Bay side of things. You've got Mike Evans going off, but also Chris Godwin's dealing with a hip injury. Bruce Arians refuses to use O.J. Howard. I mean, he did a little bit in the first half of last week's game, so you had a moment of optimism, and then that was quickly dashed, right? So I think what's interesting about these two offenses is that we believed heading into the season that they would be up-tempo and high-flying and productive enough that all three of the pieces, the main 
receiving pieces here would be able to produce for fantasy. And I don't think that's true. And I'm worried about which ones are going to produce on a week-to-week basis, and they may become very matchup dependent. And I think that's going to be interesting to watch as we continue (laughs) the week. I mean, it's a mess right now. This Rams offense is brutal. The Rams offense doesn't look... I mean, Todd Gurley's averaging uh, 14.7 carries per game and two targets per game, but his receiving work has frankly been all over the place. And... On the other side of things, I'm not, I am not messing with the Tampa Bay backfield. Like I I have, I have dipped my toe in the adventure of it. I wanted to love Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber. You made a great statement, Matt, about um, Bruce Arians coming out of retirement to establish the run with Peyton Barber. That got a lot of chuckles and likes. Fantastic. I don't like it. I mean, I like the statement. It was witty, but I don't like what you were talking about. Rojo seeing like half of the workload last week. Like I, I don't I think these teams are much more evenly matched than anybody wanted them to be. Neither of these offenses are what we expected. Like this to- sort of a shootout between these two teams would have made sense in preseason. No, nope. but not from what we've seen over the first three weeks. Any thoughts on that contest from you, Dalton? I kind of like golf this week. Actually, it's a huge okay. home road splits. That's uh, true. Tampa Bay's a Tampa Bay's a funnel defense. They're like number two in the uh, DVOA run defense. Um, And uh, so I kind of like the, and Cooper Cup, I did not rank aggressively enough. It's just a monster in the red zone. Just God, man, he's he's clearly separated himself. He's the only wide receiver I feel comfortable playing. Yeah. I mean, Woods has done nothing. No, nothing. Yeah, Gurley doesn't look right to me. And they're, they're, their blocking is not has not been as good for Gurley as well. It's not just on him. So I, I kind of like Goff in this. It's a huge, huge home road splits. But Godwin's banged up, and man, I have a lot of OJ Howard too. Has been just a total nightmare. So that uh, that side. Uh, so you guys are calling for this game to be close. It sounds like. I think at least it would. I don't think it will be nearly as high scoring as people think. That's I think. I know? mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a one score game between the two. Because that's the game. thing about the Rams is that like as much as like as much hand wringing as there is over the offense, they're still three and they're three and zero. Yeah. And, you know, against, yeah. I mean, beating the Panthers, Defense. even even with a broken Cam Newton, the Panthers, and he hadn't re-aggravated that foot injury well, yet. Well, Wade Phillips still knows what he's doing on defense. Right, that's the thing. This is, this is a defensive team so yeah. far through the first three weeks. Like, that's what's different, too, is not just, the offense isn't just not good, but the defense is actually very good. Um, all things are kind of coming together there. Dalton, you said you like Jared Goff. Do you also like him in Daily Fantasy? And if you don't, who uh, who is your bargain and who is your fade? Cool. Okay. Wayne Gallman's just $10. I mean, that's a stone minimum in Yahoo this week. I already said, I mean, I like that offensive line has really improved the Giants. They made the offseason trade. And, you know, last week they faced a Bucks team that was actually the number one ranked run defense in DVOA. I think they're number two now. So, so that, that would be my, my pick. I think Gallman's not a, you know, a special player, but he started for that Clemson team that won the national championship. And I think he's just the clear guy and looking at good volume in a game that uh, both top five in pace. It should feature a lot of plays. And to fade, Michael Thomas, $30. Admittedly, you guys took my top two picks in this category this week. Sunday ah. night football is fun to use those players. You know, Yahoo allows that. I like it. But we're talking Byron Jones and we're talking Teddy Bridgewater, who just looks awful. Don't, don't worry about them winning last week. Look at his YPA and it looks ugly to me. I know he's locked on to Thomas, but I would not pay the price there. I mean, for me, my bargain is definitely DK Metcalf. I think that there's going to be a week where DK Metcalf just goes ham and like wins you your fantasy league. And I think this could be it, right? Obviously, number one, they play the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know if you all have paid attention to this, but the Cardinals are quite bad. They're quite, quite bad on defense. Uh, and I think Metcalf could be in a, in a position to finish as like a top 20, top 15 wide receiver 
this year, I mean, this week. Right now, Russell Wilson's white hot. He's completing 70% of his passes, 7-0 to touchdown to interception ratio. And DK Metcalf, you know, despite that preseason surgery, he's been the clear number two receiver. He's played on 84% of the team's snaps. snaps. He's run 109 routes. That's second most behind only Tyler Lockett. And he's also been getting those vertical looks. He has 338 air yards on the season. That ranks ninth in the NFL and actually ahead of Tyler Lockett. So, Metcalf could convert on a couple big looks this week. I really like him at just $15 in Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And then my fade is Dalvin Cook. Number Really only because he's $37. I believe that's the second most expensive, if you don't count Saquon Barkley, second most expensive behind only Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, playing a tough Bears defense, we know that. And, you know, I just I look at this game and I, for, number, for one, I can't believe that the Bears are only $15 in terms of defenses. This seems like a great spot for them um, against Minnesota, who, of course, makes a ton of mistakes. Um, I could see this. Fi- I mean, Dalvin Cook's been like the best player in fantasy through the first three weeks, but I could see this being his first slow game. And, and I just see many more options like Kamara is only $30. David Johnson's only $24. I'll take a couple tier down there and go with them over Dalvin Cook. I am going to go with the bargain of, wait for it, <laughs> Preston oh, Williams. No, no. I'm doing it. I can't resist it. Obviously, Preston Williams was a big, he had a big splash in the preseason and showed great chemistry with Josh Rosen. We saw that again after Josh Rosen officially took over for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He drew 12 targets, only caught four balls, but was in the coverage of Byron Jones. So that's, you know, not the easiest. Also had three red zone targets. He is the only piece. Listen, we talk a lot about not wanting to be attached to bad offenses, but bad offenses tend to be very cheap in daily fantasy, and somebody's got to catch the ball if the ball is to be caught. So that's the big question here in Miami. Um, We did talk about the Redskins earlier and how even though they're a bad offense, they still have two potential flies, uh, fly players in McLaurin and Richardson. So to me, I like what Preston Williams is doing. A lot of people are like, no, 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 wait till after the bye. You know, you got to see what you can get. No, I'm not too afraid of the Chargers. We talked about how their defense isn't playing up to expectation this week. Casey Hayward has not been amazing. He's banged up again. I think Preston Williams could get lucky in this one, and he is going to see a ton of volume. So I like him for $14. My fade is OBJ. Matt went all in on the reasons why Cleveland is no good. Odell Beckham Jr. frankly just isn't seeming to be on the same page as um, Baker Mayfield. Well, they can't get the ball down the field. And he's $35 in DFS. So this is, to me, someone who's playing a brand name. I'm not going to pay up for that that amount of money. Yes, he had an 80, what, 89-yard touchdown against the Jets. That was the Jets. Marlon Humphrey... Is a good cornerback. He's a little bit banged up, but I think he's going to be able to handle himself just fine. I do not think you will have an ROI of 35 on OBJ in week four. So if you would like to choose your own bargains and fades, then you can do that on Yahoo DFS. We have an awesome 400K contest that you can check out at yahoosports.com slash daily fantasy. There's a $10 entrance fee and 50K goes to the winner. I mean, who couldn't use 50K? You know, I think it might change me, so I wouldn't pass. You said that last week, and did I? Am I running? Am I just running back the same jokes now? Damn. Yeah. Maybe you could buy some more jokes. Oh, Oh. Oh, guys. We will be back on Sunday night with more of Matt's jokes and our week four recap. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And of course, thank you so much for joining us at Dalton Del Don. We're out. One, 
two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.